Next on BYU Sports Nation, see the good of BYU football. So many things gone wrong. Injuries. But what's gone right? More specifically, who is doing right? Our pleasant surprise players of 2014, Blaine Fowler, will join us live to discuss. Plus, game day for BYU basketball working to go 2-0. And Jeff Judkins back on set. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hey, with that, welcome back, Jerem. I need some water after that. BYU Sports Nation on your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. It is Tuesday, November 18th, nine days away from Thanksgiving I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with movie trailer reader Jerem Jordan. I love movie trailers. I love movies. In fact, a month from yesterday is Hobbit 3, the release date. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It's on a Wednesday, December more, 17th. More on The Hobbit later in the show. Oh. And how much Jerem spent, how much time Jerem spent watching Hobbit or things related to during his day off. Let's just say I finished yesterday the nine hours behind the scenes of uh, The Hobbit. Desolation of Smaug. Nine Love hours. It. Love it, dude. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. You know who's in Provo today and specifically at BYU? The great Mitt Romney. He's giving the forum right after this, live on this very television station. Well, if you could ask him one question, what would you ask him? What was that moment like? When you lost the election, because I like that. What what a moment, right? He didn't even write a speech. You know, I voted for Mitt Romney. Okay, he's that, coming up next, right? That that would be quite the moment of, man, almost but didn't get it. That'd be tough. The question that I would ask—that's a is, real question. I, there's no joke there. You know? Will you please run for president in 2016? <laughs> please. The BYU Democrats watching this are like, oh man, I'm out. <laughs> See ya. You weren't here for the Miami Beach Bowl celebration <laughs> either yesterday, man. I know. I took the day off. What well, did you guys do? Um, I can't remember. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, we discussed different outfits that I need to wear in Miami. At Carlos Padilla. On, You're going to lead the way on that, by the way. Bull, yeah, well, yeah. I'm not fashionista. Like, look at your shirt versus mine. You never wear a t-shirt, by the way. I wear t-shirts on this program. I've have I never worn a t-shirt? I don't think so. On t- wow. Okay, maybe your highbrow, should... your highbrow, your highbrow wearer of clothes. <laughs> I am. You're the Mankini guy, also. Though I know, yeah, I know what I, I was going to say. I know what I am not taking to Miami, and that is the Mankini. Join our conversation twenty four seven. I'll take using you one. the hashtag I'll buy you one. BYUSN with today's Twitter question: Who's been the most pleasant surprise this year for BYU football? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Crazy Coop Fanatic. Without a doubt, see Stu for someone who has given up on football, who had given up on football. <laughs> has and had very different. He has done remarkably well. Yeah, he he had no intention of playing football ever again. Came back to BYU and bang biscuit, starting quarterback, and I think he's played pretty well. That's a that to me is the obvious answer. I'm going to share someone else in a moment. At P Kelly nine twenty six would agree. C Stu three thirty seven. You can follow him on Twitter. That is his is Twitter handle. <laughs> he has stepped up big considering the shoes he was asked to fill. Seriously. Let's not forget that he is replacing one Taysom Hill. Absolutely. Taysom Hill, the demigod. 
Keep those tweets coming using the hashtag BYUSN. We want to know who you think has been the most pleasant surprise on the BYU football roster in 2014. BYU Sports Nation simulcast in beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Rise and shout! It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Surprise, surprise. In a bizarre, unlikely, injury plague, just downright weird season, top of the world, to the depths of despair, and now to the Miami Beach Bowl. That is how I explain what has happened thus far for BYU football. But there has been some good, right? There's been plenty of good. Yeah, it's been fun. And there have been some pleasant surprises. Cue the music. Let's do this. Oh, oh, okay. In a season of adversity and doubt, an unlikely hero rises from the ashes. A man who didn't even play football until three years ago. One man. One set of pads. One moment in time. Okay, okay. Who's the guy? Paul Lasique. This film is out of here, <laughs> To me, it's been Paul Lasique and Spuddy Buddy. Oh, nice camera work right there for our TV viewers as well. Paul Lasique has been the most pleasant surprise for me. Which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Six! Paul Lasique is tied for the most TDs from a non-quarterback with six. Mitch how, Matthews has six as well. How many of you thought that would happen? Now put your hands down. You're all lying. <laughs> Someone out there is like, no, I sincerely thought that he would. <laughs> pa- Paul Asike has been a pleasant surprise. I mean, he had three touchdowns Saturday. He was big in that game. Uh, he was big in the UCF game. He's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, t- to me, the obvious answer is Christian Stewart. Um, but beyond that, yeah, Paul Asike. Paul Asike. The, the easy thing about picking a guy like Paul Asike and wanting him to do well is because of his demeanor. He's just a really good person. I, I got to know him in 2009 when BYU won the rugby national title, and then he went on his mission, and then he played football after that. He he had some issues getting like the ACT done from New Zealand to the U.S. Otherwise, he would have played before his mission. BYU football wanted him to get involved after they saw what he did with rugby, uh, but it didn't work out until after his mission. But he's been a nice addition for BYU, the New Zealand version of Ziggy on offense, I guess. I mean, granted, Ziggy in the NFL whatnot. Lasiki might be a fullback in the NFL. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe not. But he's been good this year. And look at zero fumbles lost. Yeah. Oh, the jinx guy. You did it again. He's going to fumble. His durability. His durability alone would qualify him for the the pleasant surprise of the year. Only running back to play in every game this year for Brigham Young. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and the, you, you don't think the dude takes some hits? He talked about on Saturday night how much it hurt in the cold getting slammed by receivers. And, of course, Mitch Matthews, who stepped out of bounds. And, you know, Trevor Maddich of ESPN said it's being a receiver is one step up from a kicker. <laughs> so he's like, of course <laughs> wow. he didn't think it was cold and it doesn't hurt that much. Paul CK is a running back. Yeah, he could, his durability is noteworthy in this season, uh, season especially. Man, so Paul Lasique, well-deserving six touchdowns. I was shocked to see that when I looked at the stat sheet. The easy answer here for me is Christian Stewart. 13 touchdowns, two interceptions in his five starts. Well-deserving of such a title, like you said. But I can't say that I'm most surprised by Christian because I always thought he was capable from the moment I watched him in fall camp. 
the player who I'm most surprised with is Scott Arlano, you the mean, punter. You mean Scott? You mean Scott Arellano? If you're Bronco man, then hell yes. <laughs> Scott Arlano, listen to these numbers. He's averaging 44 plus yards per kick. He recorded a long of 81. <laughs> broke a record in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Why it, is it that we break records? Like why? Why? Why is it that object? Anyways, he shattered a record. <laughs> yeah, obliterated. Why is, it, why is it a record? It's not like a, a glass jar or something. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not done here. Oh, okay. Okay, more numbers coming your world. way. Eighteen oh. punts of over fifty yards. Twenty-two of them have gone inside of the twenty. He said fifty-four punts, twenty-two inside the twenty. Only two touchbacks. Only two touchbacks. That's. Interesting. That's control, man. Now he's one of 10 finalists for the Ray Guy Award given annually to the best college football punter in the nation. Isn't it weird, though, that he's not even the best punter in the state? <laughs> like, he's really good, but he's not even the best punter in the state. You could argue that one punter Tom, for a team Tom up Hackett's north yeah, is really talented. Hacking it. But Scott has, had, it. Scott has had a few moments this year that punters don't usually enjoy where, like— Almost like it takes the breath out of the stadium. Like, oh, man, on the road. I've noticed twice. Okay, Once in Austin, Texas, the lingering fans there when BYU was blowing out Texas, he puts a punt oh, yeah. out at like the two-yard line, and 10,000 fans get up and leave the stadium. Quite, they're like, I've had it. It's quite the moment for a punter. <laughs> so he puts the Longhorn fans into even a deeper state of misery. And then in Middle Tennessee, when there were only about 10,000 total fans for the Blue Raiders, those that were lingering there, when he put that 81-yard punt on the field, they were just like, okay, yep. yep we really needed that in we're that gonna game, lose this too. Game. It was a yeah. crucial play, and it just kind of was like, BYU's going to win. He also, I, I like Scott, and he has a fun personality, friends with Brian Logan. He also had the, uh, the go for it on fourth down, thought it was a first down moment, which was fun. That was a not top 10 <laughs> moment this year as well. <laughs> First down! Hey, for, oh, no, that's a line of scrimmage. I'm still two yards short. Dang it. But it's okay. <laughs> He's an absolute weapon, just like Riley Stevenson was a few years back when he finished as a second-team All-American. Yeah, Riley, uh, Riley had a heck of a season, and uh, Scott Arlano has had, had a tremendous season as well, which has been nice. You need all three phases. You're seeing what Utah's doing. The offense has struggled at times, but they have incredible special teams and a good defense, and they're in games. They're ranked. They're winning. Yeah. It makes you wonder what what Scott Arlano was thinking when he said he had a subpar last year and what changed. Listen to this. Um, I had a, a subpar year last year and I was always thinking about, don't do this, don't do that. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm scared of this happening. Uh, whereas this year I, uh, I have a, a one track mind and it's, I'm going to, I'm going to put the ball exactly where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And these are the three things I need to do to make that happen. Scott Arlano on BYU sports nation uh, a little over a month ago, but he's had a dynamic season. And uh, deservedly so, in my mind, should have the title of most pleasant surprise on the BYU roster. Let's go to the Twitter machine and see what the rest of you think. It's Twitter time. Who has been the most pleasant surprise this year for BYU football at Cougars Forever, says Scott Arlano for setting the new punt record of 81 yards and averaging 44.4 yards per punt. Who put that in first so that it agreed with you? That's what what student put that in there? That's my question. Who was it? Give that person a raise. Come on. Give that student a raise. Had PW enter 1019. Teo Kautai with that defensive power. Now here's now here's a thought for me on this. It's been hard we thought, you know, what defensive players should should be mentioned in our discussion this morning. Fred Warner was one. 
Teo Kautai, Sione Takitaki, Kai maybe Nakua. Graham Roll. Yeah, that we came up with Nakua and Warner, really. There haven't been a, there hasn't been a lot of continuity on defense. The defensive line, yes. They don't get as many tackles and that kind of I've liked what uh Rowley and Graham Rowley and uh Travis Tuiloma have put together. Remington Pe- They've been they've been quietly effective. Consistent. Yeah. At linebacker, there's been so many different guys. And like Taki Taki had one good game against UCF. Kautai had the big game against one Middle Tennessee. One good game against Middle Tennessee, yeah. Warner's had a couple of dynamic plays yes. the pick six. Yes, that stick out. I mean, when you talk about just being stout and being in, not Zach Stout, but being good every play, what, it's been harder. BYU's been injured. BYU's rotated different guys in at linebacker. They've gone with this kind of quantity kind of deal this year. So th- there have been guys like that that have stuck out. If we're talking defense specifically, I have to say Kai Nakua because – He's come in and filled a spot where there were some serious injuries with Greg Bills and then Jordan Johnson going out. And so he, they just kind of had to, like, float him around. Yeah. And he's done a nice job. He leads the team in interceptions. Yeah, the, and those moments stick out for sure. What else are you doing, you know? Like, like name, name me other Nakua plays besides those picks. It's, it's hard to recall, right? So, yeah, pleasant surprises. I don't know that BYU's excelled to the degree where it's like, oh, yeah, I remember – these guys quite often. It's been, you know, still a struggle on defense. At Eric's Infinity, Nate Carter in his limited duty has oh, yeah. really impressed me. Now, here's something interesting. He owns interesting. the state of Nevada. He's Nevada averaging, and UNLV. He's averaging almost seven yards every time he touches 6. the 7. ball. Okay. And after the last game, Bronco Mendenhall was asked, why doesn't Nate Carter play more? And he said, I just talked to Robert and I and... Nate will play a more prominent role moving forward. If I were Robert and I, I would be so sarcastic with that. Wait, what? What's he doing? That's a oh, complete I... miscalculation of what happened. <laughs> oh, oh, I, oh, I should? No, I, I get it. They talk like, hey, try and work him in some more. No, I get it. But I would be like, wait, is he doing well or something? Is 6.7 good? Yeah, we probably should. You're right. If Nate Carter <laughs> isn't the Y factor... On oh. uh, on Saturday, I'll be shocked. We're, we're going to have our pre-production meeting later today, <laughs> about five hours. And uh, if, if he's not the first pick, I'll be shocked. Also trending in BYU Sports Nation, men's basketball game day against Arkansas. Little Rock. Tonight, Perfect. 7.30 Mountain Time tip-off at the Marriott Center. You can watch it live on BYU TV. First of two games, today and tomorrow. Southern Virginia tomorrow. BYU Back-to-back East. games, part of the Maui Invitational. BYU and Cal, the football game... Just after Thanksgiving will take place on the Pac-12 Network, the only game thus far not on national television. And that's at 4.30 or 6 Eastern time. They'll announce that next Monday. Amy Boswell, West Coast Conference Volleyball Player of the Week. 17 blocks tied to BYU individual record. That's awesome. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the man, the legend, Jeff Judkins, back with us. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. Follow the show on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation. It's game day, game two for the BYU men's basketball team tonight, 9.30 Eastern time, BYU and Arkansas. Little Rock, 9.30 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. This game is part of the Maui Invitational. Tomorrow night's game is not. It's a little odd that way. BYU and the Maui Invitational next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wait, BYU's playing Arkansas? Little Rock. Yeah, Arkansas. Wow. <laughs> Huge game. And then later, 
I think it's next Saturday they, they play Eastern Kentucky. Wow. Huge home game oh, against oh, Eastern oh, Kentucky. Getting these home Man. games against SEC. They rose that oh, wait, schedule. Not, yeah. not SEC. You guys don't sound too excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> and we Jeff welcome Judkins in Jeff Judkins. With that comment, the head coach of the BYU women's basketball team, former NBA player and friend of the program. We've been talking about pleasant surprises thus far on BYU Sports Nation, specifically with, with BYU football. Who's been the most pleasant surprise player for, for the Cougars on the football field? And uh, let's have you sound off on that, Coach. You, you're a big fan of BYU sports overall. Who's been the pleasant surprise on the football team? Well, it's really hard because I think they've really had a tough year with everybody getting getting hurt and everything. Probably for me is probably Kafusi. Mm. You know, he's had to change positions. And, uh, you know, their defense was so solid last year, and he had to do a certain role, and now he's had a change. And I think that's – I'll give Bronco a lot of credit. He took a great athlete and put him in a position where he thought is going to help his his defense out, and I think it will help Bronson if he gets a chance to play in the NFL. Um, I also like – you know, I I mean, I really like the running backs, and it was sad that Williams got hurt because I just think he would have had a a year that that I think a lot of people will remember – and you know, probably probably another surprise is a quarterback, backup quarterback, Christian Stewart. Yeah, I mean, I think he's gone out there and done a dang good job for what what he's been dealt with. And um, you know, they've had to change their offensive schemes because he doesn't run the ball as well. And so uh, you got to give him a lot of credit that he has a lot of confidence with that. So they're bowl, they're going to go to a bowl game, which is exciting for them. And uh, I think it just gives them a lot more confidence as a team to to be able to do that. Jeff Judkins with us on BYU Sports Nation. Hey, thanks for the time. It was great having you on, Coach. All right, thank you. That's good. <laughs> this is going to be a regular segment, oh, by the way, each week. We need to come up with like a, a I don't know. Jamming with Juddy or yeah, something. It's something. Just, yeah, I hear it. That'd be great. Send it in on, on the Twitter machine. Send it in, Jerome! Tell us what you think this segment should be called with the fabulous Jeff Judkins. <laughs> who's, who's been a pleasant surprise on your team? You've just played the one game, a couple exhibitions, but who's a pleasant surprise I'd say uh, Mackenzie Morrison. Has has come in and she's earned a starting position where last year she didn't play a lot. And, you know, she played pretty well the other night. She had 11 points and hit some key baskets for us. Uh, She's just got to get her confidence down. You know, when you start and you're not used to that role, it takes a little bit. But I'm not surprised with Morgan, but I think Morgan is going to score a lot for us because we'll look to her and she's so good inside. Um, So, you know, and then I think probably last for me is probably Savannah. I mean, right now she's a little bit – there's matchups that are hard for her, but she's improved a lot, and I think if she keeps working at it and keeps herself in shape and, and, and goes every day against Bailey, she's going to be better for us. Mackenzie can shoot the rock. I, I've watched her. She's got a good, she's got a good looking stroke. From the she does. Line. You know, one thing, she's a little different than Kim last year. Kim couldn't put the ball on the ground. Mackenzie can. Where Mackenzie's got to improve her game is she's got to learn to pass the ball in the post and make those passes that Kim made. I think that's, as a guard, I think we take that for granted. We don't realize who can pass the ball in the post or make make easy passes, you know. And um, I think when when you look at it stat-wise, that doesn't ever show up. It doesn't show up and say, oh, that person is a good passer. But um, she does some really good things for us, and I hope that she keeps improving. Ten-point loss in game one to uh, South Dakota State. What did you think of your uh, first game? Played very well the first half, hung right there, and then we Morgan got in foul trouble, and I had to end up playing Ashley at the five because Savannah's not quite ready yet, and I brought in a freshman, 
and she was scared and nervous with 6,000 people screaming at her. And Were there that many at the game? 6,000 people? Six, yeah, it was wow. a good turn. It was full. The, you know, you were, it's, you it, were it's kidding amazing. when he said they stuff it. No, they're yeah. It's I'm huh. not kidding you. I thought they they even had a high school championship football game that night, and they still drew that well. And so uh, you know, it's a great atmosphere. Wow. I mean, it reminds me a lot of I told you guys Wyoming. You know, they they're fan, there's nothing else to do. They come and they support their team. <laughs> That's a rough trip. Okay, so you were telling us right before we we came back on the air that it took you as long to get to South Dakota State as it does for you to get to Hawaii? Correct. What in the world is that all about? Well, you fly to Minneapolis. Then you have a two-hour layover. Then you fly to Sioux Falls, which is about 45 minutes. Then you get get off there, and then you get on a bus, and you go driving from here to Logan. And so, and then (laughs) coming coming back was harder because we caught a flight, and they had a de-ice the planes that took an hour. We were running behind. It was, we didn't get. We we left at six o'clock in the morning, our you know to to go to, the, and we didn't get home in Salt Lake City till about two two thirty. Oh, so it was it was a long trip, and it was like wow. zero degrees. It was it was freezing. It was freezing. I mean, is it was just, you know, I mean, snowed a little bit and just just really really cold. Never go back there ever. I am unless somebody really talks me into it. No. <laughs> I probably won't. I mean, I love playing them. I think the atmosphere, playing them is awesome for us, but the travel is very difficult. And, you know, you miss school and you miss other things. And I just look at it and say it'd be easier to, to, you know. I mean, it was really fun last year when they came here, but it was tough. It was was a hard trip. Did you go to Mount Rushmore or no time for that? No, we didn't have time for that. Business. 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 I I mean, we didn't get in until Thursday night at about, 6.30, and we had to practice at 7, so we didn't get a lot of time. Hmm. Wait, I did see a tweet from you, something about your assistants going and getting you a Milky Way. Yeah, we... That's one of the roles. I, th- I believe that's in their job description, in their contract. <laughs> like, we'll get candy upon request. I, I know Coach Majerus had it in his contract. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, what candy happened is, is we got done with our film and, and everything, and we were still kind of, you know, coaches are up and down with emotion, and sometimes you need a sugar kick. And so they're going, hey, we're going to walk over to this gas station. And I started walking out, and I'm going, no, it's not worth it. And they go, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll get you a Milky Way. So <laughs> it was four what, degrees. What's the weirdest thing Rick Majerus ever asked you to do? <laughs> that you can you got stay on two the hours. That, <laughs> I'd say the craziest thing was in the middle of the night just to, just to go get him candy. I mean, and it wasn't like he wanted one candy bar. He wanted like 30 candy bars. <laughs> You know, what do you and, know? You know, so, I mean, he, he liked to munch on stuff late at night yeah. and, and that, um, you know, and, and I mean, Coach, Coach, when he got nervous, he liked to eat. That, that's, that's what he liked to do. Yeah, Spencer, same thing. <laughs> How Spencer is? Yeah. Some people like, go like the Like half time of your broadcast, he's just like boom, 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 yeah. just down and stuff. That's what happens. Some people eat, yep. some people don't. Yep. That's how I handle the emotion of the <laughs> events, Jerem. <laughs> this is a serious issue I'm trying to deal with. Let's let's talk about what it's like to find an identity after you lose an All-American in 6-7 Jen Hampson. I mean, you can't – she's a once-in-a-generation type yeah. player. And you also lose one of your best three-point shooters ever, Kim Beeson. So how, how much of a challenge has that been for you as a head coach to try and plug in the holes with a number of different players? It's, I, I think it's really hurt us defensively. Um, we got beat against South Dakota State. And last year we had Jen there 
to make them change their shot. We don't have that. Beat them by 20 last year. Yeah, yeah, we have to work more as a team defensively, help each other a little bit more than we've done. And, you know, my players have been used to Jen, so it's 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 hard. I mean, they're they're used to thinking of bigs in there to, to be able to do it. Uh, offensively, we 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 you know Morgan gives us that inside presence. The hard part I have right now is last year I could go those two those two bigs and I could take advantage of whatever whoever's guarding who. And this year it's a little bit harder for that, but we're going to get there. I mean, we're, I've I've got a lot of confidence in some of these young kids, and they'll. You know they'll come around. We didn't. We scheduled hard preseason this year because we wanted a good RPI to help us get a chance to get the NCAA tournament. When you look at uh, this week, as you move on from South Dakota State, Northridge tomorrow, eleven a.m. game. Yeah, live on BYU TV, Kids yeah. Day. Yeah, we're having. It's we, interesting. Yeah, we wanted to have. We've done it before. We've gone to other schools and they have a, a elementary day where they invite all the kids to come, and it's, it makes a great atmosphere for the game. And so we decided to do that and. You know, Northridge is a good team. They're going to win their conference. They won the NCAA tournament last year. They, they're they a very athletic, quick team, so we're going to have our hands full. 11 a.m. Does that change, you know, the routine yeah, quite a bit? it does. This, this this has been a hard week with with Mitt Romney speaking today and everything's locked up. We can't get in the Marriott Center today when we want to because of that. And then the men have got a game tonight, so we're not going to be able to have a walkthrough tomorrow morning like we normally do. We're going to have to do that today. And so we're kind of rushed. It's kind of a, a rushed time, but that prepares you for the NC tournament. That prepares you for the conference tournament. That prepares you really during our conference when we only have one day to prepare. So hmm. that's why we do it. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the entire men's basketball season opener against Long Beach State. 95 points. They get a five-point win. Uh but what what have you uh, heard and seen uh, from the men's basketball team that you like and makes you feel encouraged about what they well, can do? Well, I'm gonna tell you one thing I like is a kid named Tyler Haas, and I mean, what a what a great player! I mean, to put up the numbers he does every game. But I told him the other day when I saw him, I said, you know, you really have done for your career. You've you've been a blessing because people don't realize how hard that is to score every single night. Um, I think the second thing with their team is I, 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 I didn't get to see him play because we played that night, but we, we heard the score from, from Norma. Um, they've got good balance, I think, you know, and I think that's important. Fisher's going to help them with his outside shooting scoring ability. Um, Fusi's going to get better. You know, he's, he's a strong physical kid, and he, he's going to give them that inside presence they need. And um, Collingsworth, is, they're doing it right. They're – They've gradu- they gradually have gotten him back. They haven't made it real. And I think when he gets full strength, which will probably be maybe by the by the end of December where he's feeling like he can, that when conference comes, they'll be ready to go now. They're going to have their hands full. I watched Gonzaga last night. Gonzaga's good. But uh, I think BYU's going to have a really good team this year. You've pl- kind of played that game in that Haley Steed came back from three ACL surgeries for seasons. How did you try and manage her minutes and – you know, a confidence and mental aspect where she could get back to full strength when you needed her the most in conference. Well, the biggest worry is, is she going to do it? Is he going to do it again? I mean, I don't care what anybody tells you. They go and say, well, hey, he's fine. Hey, you don't know that. As a coach, you're going every time they tangle up, you're worried about it, they're going to do it again. And you saw it happen twice. Yeah, I did. Again. Yeah, it did. And so for me, I was that. I think with Kyle, it's the same. Kyle's an aggressive player. And um, when he goes in there and bangs around, is, is it going to happen to him where he, it's a freak situation? But I think what Dave has to do is he has to gradually let him do what he's, what he's done, let him get 
his, you know, his balance and all what he needs to do and gradually put him in the thing, but have, you know, just let the team know that, that, that he's, he's going to be a big part of the team and, um, and don't be scared. I mean, don't be afraid. I, you got to let him play, but you got to, you got to kind of tell him sometimes you got to be smart. Like Kyle, when you got an opportunity to pull up, you pull up instead of going there and banging around, whatever, you know, you've, you've got, you've got to be more, um, with the weights and stretching and all these things, you got to do more of that and be more careful. So uh, it's hard. It's it's not easy. You know, uh, Bronco went through it with Hill. He went one year fine, then all of a sudden, it's it's a scary thing for a coach. But um, I give those athletes a lot of credit. I, I I really do. I I know right now that I got hurt this year water skiing. And I don't know if I'm going to go back and try it. I mean, I'm kind of hesitant. Should I try that? So I know with an athlete, it's it's tough. Now, you, what, what I want to know is, what's the message to your player? You watched Lexi Eaton go down with a, a season-ending ACL injury, and now Haley Steed, and you talk about Bronco dealing with Taysom and and uh, the injuries that he's had. What's the message from a head coach to a player when something like that happens? Tell them to play their game. Tell them don't worry about it. Um, prepare themselves. Um, be a little bit smart. I, mean, I, I told Haley after the second one, I said, Haley, you got to be like a pitcher. You're throwing a 96 mile hour fastball, and now you can only throw 90. You've got to find location. So basketball, you've got to do some other things. If you've probably noticed, Haley became a lot better shooter. Her three point shot was a lot better, or a lot later part of her career. Lexi's the same way. Lexi's shooting the ball a lot better now than she did when she was a freshman. I think part of that is, you know, you just kind of adjust. And I think uh, Kyle will do the same. He'll he'll pull up more. He'll look to maybe for a shot more than he will going in there and, and you know, banging around. Coach, great to have you on set. Uh, we should congratulate you on winning the three-point contest that we called you out for in Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> Took the challenge. And yeah, won. Well, nice. I, I had a pretty good player you, to help me. You did me. have Aaron Thorne there as your ringer. I stupid. I had a good player, but, you know, she she uh, carried me. But at least I did all right. I mean, yeah, for, you did fine. You know, considering I haven't shot the ball and all that for a long time. Oh, whatever, man. Every day of practice, <laughs> like, give me that. <laughs> all right. Submit your inquiry or your, your requests for what we should call this segment with Jeff Judkins each week. Coach, great to have you. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we check in with Blaine Fowler, who's been his most pleasant surprise for the BYU football team. And Tyler Hawes is still chasing Jimmer. Where oh, yeah, is we he? Got, we got to update that. As we head to the game tonight against Arkansas Little Rock, this is BYU Sports Nation. I'm Scott Arlano, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio. That is the man I believe I is the know. most pleasant surprise. Lasique, man. Within the BYU football season, Jerem Jordan says Paul Lasique. Both have great arguments. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision. Hey, just, just because you got to do the movie trailer voice doesn't I mean you're the movie trailer voice today. Download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYU Sports Nation. Com. couple of things uh, up first. I said that the broadcast between BYU and Cal on the Pac-12 networks would not be national, but there is speculation that it will be across all Pac-12 networks, so they would argue that it's another national broadcast. I believe some people define national as 60-plus, depending on who you ask, and so I think that they reach that with that. I'm not sure. 60 Whatever. million. It's plus. in a bunch. What's the difference between 50 and 60 million? A bunch of million homes. It's, <laughs> a lot of people can see it. <laughs> Yeah. Also, we asked you to uh, name our Jeff Judkins segment. He just left, and we've had some fantastic submissions. Let's see if Judd's jargon, Judkins journals, shooting like a girl. 
Uh, extra credit with Judkins reference to gum. Chewing the news with Juddy. Chewing the news with Juddy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we will determine those. Keep them coming. We'll, we'll pick our uh, favorite and go with that. Resetting today's trending topics, BYU basketball game day against Arkansas. Little Rock. Against, yeah, at uh, 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 Mountain on BYU TV. The fighting Derek Fishers. That's that where he right. went to school. Is there a more notable figure that's ever played at Arkansas Little Rock than Derek Fisher? Who knows? Do you, can you name one other player that's ever played at Arkansas yeah, Little Rock in uh, football or basketball other than Derek yeah, Fisher? Jason Williamson and Josh uh, Carter played there. Blaine Fowler. Let's bring in Blaine Fowler, our dual threat analyst. Former national champion BYU football player. Can you name any other athlete besides Derek Fisher that played at Arkansas Little Rock? No, I cannot. <laughs> I bet you could play. I do, I, do, I do know this about them, though, because I've been studying. They, they're athletic, so they can get up and down the floor. They, uh, they will like to get up on you and play some defense, but BYU is going to handle them fine tonight, in yeah. case you're wondering. And then they're going to really handle Southern Virginia tomorrow night. And, and then... You handle got, Savannah and, State, and and then and here's the and BYU and football is going to handle Savannah State on Don't Saturday. Sleep on but Savannah. but for Dave uh, Rose, that tonight and tomorrow night are about figuring out how to kind of whittle down that rotation so that they can be more effective on both offense and defense because you got you got to be used to working, especially defensively, with the same group of guys with the same combinations out there to understand. Hey, if I funnel them to here, that guy's going to stop them there. This is so they they. Kind of got to get into some rotations before they get to the Maui Invitational in the big way against really good teams. And it's tough because you're playing two cupcakes the next two days, and then all of a sudden you play San Diego State. Yeah, and and it's it next is Monday. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And Utah plays San Diego State. Yeah, is that today? I I'm not sure. I'll look it up. It, they, they play them. It's like an afternoon game as part of this 24-hour ESPN oh, the, who, who, basketball. Yeah, Iona played Wofford at like 6 a.m. this morning. Yeah, I know. So I think it might be today that they That's play. Today, that they play San Diego State. So yeah. we get a chance to scout the Aztecs. Aztecs are supposed to be really good again this year. I have a couple of their games in December. Um, so I'm, I'm anxious to see because all of a sudden it's a big test. And, yeah. That's and, BYU and, football's and, Cal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I think I think that – Rotations have to be tightened down, maybe to ten, to understand who's going to be on the floor with who and how they're going to work with one another and what their roles are when they're on the floor with those guys. There's so much talent on this team, and they're so deep. I guess it's a, a nice challenge for for Dave Rose to have that he's got to figure out how to whittle it down from 13 guys to nine or ten. Right. I do have a major concern though with hoops uh, as we look at that. What where is BYU going to get easy shots at the rim? Because you don't have a low post scorer. And Collinsworth was your best uh, penetrator, but he's limited and hurt. I'm I'm a little concerned in the early going that BYU's going to struggle in that department. Yeah, I, I'm, we're going to be better on the outside. Yeah, and Fisher so, and so Fisher's going to make a big difference, but but you need to have a penetrator to set him up, and it's got to be Collinsworth. So he's he's got to get healthy, and he's got to be the guy. Now Winder can do that. Winder can mm-hmm. break down a defense some, um, and and his role has to be hey either get to the rim or penetrate, draw the defense, and kick the ball out to the perimeter uh, because Fisher is a, a big-time threat out there that they were lacking last year. In terms of low-post scoring, I mean, you just – Kafusi is so raw. I think he can be that guy. and not Maybe necess- next year. Yeah, not right? necessarily a guy that 
you post him up and you throw the ball down in and he and he does a drop step and goes the baseline and, and makes a shot. But a guy that can get five offensive boards and four putbacks? That'd be nice. You know, and so even if the production from the post comes in that way, um, it's enough of a threat down there and enough of a concern um, that that all of a sudden it opens up things on the outside. But but I think Winder can be a guy that can help him with, with penetrating and drawing defenses and kicking the ball out to the outside. They're going to be much better at knocking down outside shots this yep. year. Dual sport analyst Blaine Fowler on BYU Sports Nation. Never more true than today because you're polling double duty. You have AFR, yeah, AFR. reviewing BYU football, and then you're going to provide color commentary for the basketball, basketball tonight, game and tonight. then we got basketball tomorrow night, and then we have football on Saturday. Bring it's just, it on! It's just another week then, in Blaine Fowler's yeah, life. Yeah, that's just how it rolls, man. We've been asking BYU Sports Nation who is the most pleasant surprise for BYU football, given everything that's gone awry, all of the. Key injuries. Wait, what just, happened? Yeah. <laughs> Something happened? Did so, anybody get hurt? I just woke, I just woke up. <laughs> From a long nightmare. <laughs> Wait, what? Four and on four? But who's been the most pleasant surprise It's a nightmare disguise. Uh, uh, what is, what is uh, Taylor Swift's line? A nightmare disguised <laughs> as a daydream? I'm not sure. You got it, though. This Bring season on. is a nightmare disguised as a daydream. Is that from the 1989 <laughs> it's album? Her, yeah, it's, it's her, from her new one. It's, it's her newest new one. Which is not country, by the way. It's whatever oh, it is. It's, it's pop. pop music. Hey, yeah. I respect her for doing that. Anyhow, so the, the biggest... <laughs> you remember surpri- what I asked you? Yeah, you asked me who the biggest, <laughs> who the biggest surprise from this crazy season was. And so, so I'm going to pick out I pick out a couple of guys that you guys probably haven't talked about. Um, oh, let's see. Kyle Johnson... No. Nope. Tijon Karoma. Center. No. Yeah. Yeah, Tijon, we did discuss this morning. We did not talk about Kyle, though. And, and, and here's why. I think that Kyle Johnson has developed into the best offensive lineman on the team. Wow. Really? How yeah. do you determine something he, like that? He's, he's just complete. So he, he not only can run block, and he not only knows what he's doing, so he's assignment sound, but he also can pass block. So he's a complete offensive lineman. He's young. I mean, it's, the inside of that offensive line is exciting. And for me coming into the season, a huge question mark was, is this offensive line going to gel? Are they going to get better? Um, and is there a future there? Because to play the schedule that BYU is going to play next year, they're going to have to be even better than they were this year. And those two give me big-time hope that they'll progress and get even stronger and more mature, another year mature, and that they'll be an anchor. And there's a lot of other young guys on that line too. But, but I, that core, hmm. they're kind of nasty and mean. And we've, we've lacked that for several years on that offensive line. And so I think that they – I was surprised at how well those two young guys performed. And, they, and, and I think it bodes well for BYU's future that two young guys in the inside of the line can be a core that you can build around for the next couple of years. Yeah, you're right. We didn't break that down. So I said Paul Lasique. I, I, I love Paul, but he doesn't, I wasn't surprised by Paul's performance. I said Scott Arlano. That was a huge surprise. Six I, touchdowns from Paul? Yeah. No, I know but, Paul – I just expected him to play well because yeah. I expect him to be one more year into football, and you see his body and his skill set is off the charts. So you knew he was going to take a step forward. So he, he's been really good, maybe performed above expectations. Scott Arlano has been like one of the MVPs of the team. Absolutely. He's a weapon. Yeah, and we don't even like to talk about kickers, and now we talk about them all the time. That's how good when, he is, when right? When did Dave McCann take this show over and start talking exactly. about kickers a lot? But, but he's – no, I agree. That was That's a good one. I, I think Paul's good. Um I think Jordan Prater has been a huge surprise. But 
not maybe not a surprise. We didn't even know who he was, right? Coming into Falcons, so, so if he just, did anything I, positive. It was like, oh, hey, it's like he just came surprised. out. He just came out of nowhere, yeah. right? Um, but before the season started, the reason I choose those two offensive linemen is I thought that that was the area that BYU had to improve the most in if they were going to make the step forward and continue to get better and be able to compete with the schedules they have coming. And so I, I feel really good that moving forward, that they're going to be sound on the offensive line with those two guys in there. Let's transition from. UNLV now to Savannah State, or perhaps fast forward to California. Yeah. I'm only going to ask you so, one question about so Savannah here's State. So here's Savannah State. They're awful. So, <laughs> so Done, they're, not even, they're not even – so it's a, they're just terrible. They, they are the, probably the worst FCS team in the country. No one breaks down Savannah, Savannah State. State like BYU Sports. Okay, so hey, that, that's so the question you want, I have. Let's see. Oh. What, what do they average in total offense a game? Who cares? 249 yards a game. In FCS. <laughs> okay. Are you kidding me? Their leading passer, well, their leading rusher averages 35 yards a game. Oh. Their leading passer averages 77 yards a game. Okay. <laughs> so I, you've, you've told I, me I enough. Mean, I, start, I start to break them down, and I go, wow, BYU should be able to just line up and just do whatever they want. How many points do, do will you want? Score? You want to throw the yeah, ball? Yeah, Go ahead many, and throw That's it. the question I want to know. How many points will BYU score? They should score in the 60s. I want 70s. BYU has it's, only scored in the 60s one time under Bronco Mendenhall. Once. Isn't that crazy? They should score in the 60s this week. Like, Idaho State is an okay and, Unless they team, decide, right? hey, we've got some things to work on for Cal, so we're going to work on some things. Yeah. I mean, if they just come out and just say, you know what we need to do? We need to just throttle this team. If they come out with that mentality, they should score in the 60s. That's not a this Bronco Mendenhall This team can't stop them, and, and they're not going to be able to move the ball. You're going to see three and out, three and out, three and out, and you're going to see BYU marching down the field. And scoring. And so th- this can be a blowout unless they decide, you know what, here's some things we need to work on for Cal. So we're going to really work this part of the run game. We're really going to work. So, so they take a little longer to score. That, that's the only thing that should slow them Boring. down. Boring. That, that's how much of a mismatch this one is. Thank goodness it's in the day and it'll be a little warmer than yes. the UNLV game. Live on BYU TV, baby. So, so but let, now let's, fast, FB- let's fast forward to Cal. Can we get an FBS team on BYU TV <laughs> one of these years, please? It's going to happen. I know. It's going to happen. My next, next year. year. There's My a chance that Cal. If they don't beat Stanford, they're playing for bowl eligibility and they when have BYU to have comes to town. Yeah. And, and, and you want a scouting report on – I just need to say one name for your scouting report on Cal. Goff. Oh, dude, Jared, Jared Goff. Goff. He, he is as good a quarterback throwing the football as there is in the country. And when he gets hot, watch out. And he's got a multitude of receivers, not a go-to guy, multiple go-to guys that are athletic and big and kid over the top. He can throw it underneath and they make people miss and they make big plays. And so – this is a scary team offensively. Cal is an elite team in the country offensively. Now, defensively, they're not good. Yeah, they're bad. They're not good. So BYU should move the football. BYU's been fine offensively all year long. We think that BYU has solved some of their assignment errors. As we've been breaking down film for AFR the last couple weeks against Middle Tennessee, and you know, we broke down film for, for this UNLV game. So it looks like things have been fixed. Now, Savannah, everything's going to look like it's fixed against right. Savannah State. We really don't know if they're fixed. We don't know if they're fixed until they, they play Cal. Middle Tennessee and the other Yeah, way. and so when they play Cal and, and, and Cal's attacking them the way they attack everybody this year in the throw game, we're going to find out if, if the things are fixed for BYU's defense. And these three games are nice, and it's good to get momentum going again, and it's good to, and it looks like they've buckled down and they're making fewer mistakes. 
But the true test will be when they play a high-powered offense, are they able to manage that a little bit and slow them down and, and, and win that one? That's when we'll know if they've been able to fix the defensive problems. More with Blaine Fowler tonight on After Further Review. You can watch the newest episode on BYU TV at 8.30 Eastern, 6.30 Mountain Time. 8 Eastern. 8 Eastern, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6 Mountain on BYU TV. The basketball game will start an hour and a half after that, and there will be more Blaine Fowler. So you would have gone, you would have been on BYU Sports Nation, AFR, and the basketball game. Bang. The triple threat. I'm a triple threat today. Wow. I love it. <laughs> Blaine, thanks for the time. All right, guys. Great stuff. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, how many minutes is Kyle Collinsworth going to play tonight? How about points for Tyler Haas over the next two games? We go more or less on BYU Sports Nation. You're watching on BYU TV and listening on BYU Radio. It's Radio Vision. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Studio B. Men's basketball tonight, 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 Mountain on BYU TV against Arkansas. That's how we do it. This tweet just in from at Schultz H. He says, at BYU Sports Station, Hi, I am Heinrich Schultz. Me and the family are watching your show on BYU TV via satellite. Thanks for the show from Dana Bay, South Africa. Nice. What is up? That is awesome. Thank you for watching. Great to have you dialed in. We're huge in Dana Bay, South Africa. I've heard that. (laughs) But thanks for sending in the tweet. Oh, absolutely. Jeremy and I haven't done this in quite a while, and it's time that we go more or less. More or less on BYU Sports Nation. It's really simple how it works. We throw out a number. Jeremy and I decide if it will be more or less for the given topic number one. Number one, more or less than 14 minutes for Kyle Collinsworth against Arkansas Little Rock. I say more, but just barely. I think Kyle goes 15 or 16 minutes tonight. No need to have him play a ton of minutes in a game like this. BYU has enough talent to get the job done against Arkansas Little Rock. I'll go more. He played 13 against Long Beach State, but that's because he played 4 minutes and 44 seconds in the first half due to two fouls. Number two. More or less than 46 points for Tyler Haas over the next two games. More. Tyler Haas goes for 25-plus in each of the next two games. Mm. And he'll do it in probably 20 to 25 minutes of game time. I'll go less because I think BYU will limit his minutes. They'll develop the bench, and they'll prepare for San Diego State on Monday. Mm, Okay, I see. Uh I I think he has limited minutes, but I still think he gets 25-plus. Number three. Okay. More or less than 62 (laughs) points for BYU versus Savannah State. I'm going to say less because. What? Because. BYU has only scored, and we mentioned this with Blaine, has only gone 60-plus one time in the Bronco-Mendenhall era, and that was against Air Force. They've played Idaho State twice. They've played a bunch of FCS teams, and they've never gone into the 60s. I do not think it starts on Saturday. More. BYU's never played a team as bad as Savannah State in the modern era. Don't Maybe sleep on Savannah State. Don't you dare. And maybe BYU played the Colorado School of Mines in 1934 or something, but BYU didn't have Christian Stewart at quarterback and whatever. More than 62. Fail if BYU didn't score more than 62. And fail if BYU gives up a single point. So against if Savannah they State. win 59 to nothing, you're going to call it a fail? Yes. Oh, come on. Against this team, this Savannah State team? Yes. Oh, okay. All right, number four. More or less than 45,000 fans at Lavelle Edwards Stadium Saturday. More. There better be more than 45,000 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Saturday. One, it's an afternoon game. 
I don't care if there's a little bit of rain in the forecast. It's senior day. This is your chance to send off these players for what they've done and give them the goodbye that they deserve. Okay, Show up. There should be more than 45,000 fans there. Also, because Rice-Eccles Stadium up north holds about 45,000, we have to have more fans than the Utes. Uh, the Utes host Arizona. I don't care. BYU hosts Savannah State. I don't care. Less. Less because it's freezing. Less because people want to watch it on BYU TV. Wink, wink. Uh, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> they it's can watch cold. the replay after they B- come to the game. BYU didn't sell out against Virginia when they were ranked, and it was an ACC team and the only Power 5 team at home. It's going to be less. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougar Whip Around. <laughs> There's going to be more than 45,000 people there. Oh, I was like, what's funny about the Cougar Whip Run? No, <laughs> there has to be more. BYU Sports Nation, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU and Cal will be on the Pac-12 Network next Saturday at 4.30 or 6 Eastern. That time will be announced on Monday. Men's basketball. BYU hosts Arkansas. Tonight at the Marriott Center, 930 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Also, Tyler Haas has been named to the wooden preseason top 50 list. Booyah. Women's volleyball. Middle blocker Amy Boswell is the WCC Player of the Week after 17 blocks against San Diego Friday in the BYU victory. Also, the Cougars number 12 in the polls this week. Champs. Cougars in the association. Brandon Davis had four rebounds, four assists, and a 76ers loss to the Spurs. And hashtag free Jimmer got another did not play coach's decision. What in the heck? Speaking of Jimmer, Tyler Haas chasing him down for the record. On his way to making BYU basketball history, Tyler Haas is chasing Jimmer on BYU Sports Nation. 635 points away, Tyler Haas. I believe we'll take at least 25 out of that number tonight. Ooh. By the end of the week, he'll be uh, in the 500s. Not bad, not bad, chasing his Jimmerness. <laughs> Future guests include Michael Elisa and Ernest Wilson, the Savannah State head football coach. Today's Rise and Shout. We're going to play Blaine Sandback for Ernest Wilson. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter <laughs> Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. It goes to Amy Boswell. Tied an individual all time record with 17 block assists for BYU women's volleyball. Well done, Amy. Our Twitter question today Who's been the most pleasant surprise this year for BYU football? At Graham Orm says, Nate Carter has come out of nowhere in a deep backfield. Every time he plays, I'm excited about what might happen. Nate might rush for 300 on Saturday. (laughs) Wow. Thanks to Jeff Judkins, Blaine Fowler, and everyone on our crew. Don't forget Mitt Romney coming up next in the BYU Forum. Mitt for president in 2016. It's packed in there. Live on BYU TV right after we finish our show on demand on BYUSportsStation.com and on BYUTV.org slash BYUSN. Shout out to Justin Robinson.